What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Sauce Lab podcast. I know it has been a while. Just last week, I was away in Florida, in Miami, for New Year's. Also, my mom's birthday. It was a fantastic time, but I have been eager, so ready to get back to talking about football with you guys, to keep talking about this crazy NFL season, this COVID-ridden, young players taking over the league, weird offensive schemes, out the wazoo type NFL season, and I needed to get right back into it. I am thankful, yet also disappointed to say that we are gearing up to go into the playoffs, which means that sadly the regular season is over. Fantasy football, especially my favorite part of the entire year, is over sadly. Luckily, in the two leagues that I cared about the most throughout the entire year, I ended up coming in third in my home league and first in my Syracuse Dynasty League. Both were fantastic seasons in total. I think that I rebounded, I started really well and rebounded hard at the end in my home league. And then I started bad looking completely towards the future for my Dynasty League, yet ultimately the pieces fell and I got really healthy at the correct times. So I ended up hitting a really good stride at the very end. It also came with a trade that I made at the very end of the season, really helped me push my way to the number one place in the entire league and fantastic fantasy year overall i definitely think that this is the peak of my knowledge so far in the nfl obviously as i'm talking about this on the podcast as i've been keeping up with this as i've been keeping up with the season different things like that but obviously i hope that next year i'll have twice as much information and the year after three times and four times and just continuously grow every single year of my sports media career so just I wanted to just give a couple touch-ups before I really got into the first episode, just about some crazy stuff that's been going on recently in the NFL, because last week I did my awards episode where I didn't really get to break down recent stuff that's been happening in the NFL, but ultimately just some big points that I wanted to touch on. Joe Burrow, the guy that I have been hounding for literally since I think it was the third or fourth episode of this podcast I put out my original list of breakout players and Joe Burrow was number one on that list and I have been a Joe Burrow lover for as long as I can remember since his days at LSU since he broke onto the scene which was very very recent but still definitely staking my claim to his name and he lit it up over the last two weeks, has just been looking monstrous, has been clearly a top five quarterback, has been showing that oomph, that chutzpah that I love to talk about. I think everybody's starting to see it. Now the mass media is going berserk for Joe Burrow. Some people going as far as to say that he's already a top five, top three quarterback, undoubtedly in the NFL. I don't know if I'm going to take it that far, but I think this love that people are like seeing as a big group as a whole is fantastic for him. I think that now the talk about who's better, him or Justin Herbert, is a very, very serious topic that we need to be having. I don't know. There are some points when I lean Herbert. There are some points when I lean Burrow. I think that ultimately the Chargers and the Bengals are very, very similar this year. And I'll definitely get into that when I talk about all of my playoff teams. But I just needed to give a big shout out to Joe Burrow and what he's been doing. I also wanted to give a non-shout out, a WTF, to the Ravens and the fact that the Ravens have officially basically fallen out of the playoff picture. So insane, so mind-boggling, and it's really opening a door that I really want to make an episode soon, should the Ravens pay Lamar Jackson going forward. I know he was injured. I know that Tyler Hundley in his place ended up stepping up and doing very, very well for himself. Some people thinking that he'll get another job somewhere in the NFL. I think that he'll be a backup. I doubt that he gets a starting gig anywhere anytime soon, but... It definitely opens up a very big question because they didn't make the playoffs. They haven't won a playoff game with Lamar Jackson yet, ever. And I don't know, this is just a big question that is opening up right now. Some other recent points that I should be touching on. Cooper Cup is continuing to have his monstrous season, and I really hope that in this final week, Cooper Cup actually sets all the records that he wants to. The reception total, the yards total, it looks like he probably won't hit the touchdown record. But even so, very, very close. Definitely coming down to one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time. And I'm very excited to do my top 10 players at every position, which is going to be coming 
coming out very, very soon towards the end of the season where I just basically break down every single position. But Cooper Cup is one that has really continued to shoot up because while he is in the slot role, it's definitely a very talked about thing. How talented is he really? Because so much of his catches are schemed by Sean McVay within a five to 10 yard range of where the ball is snapped. So really, who knows? But I'm very excited to get into that. I just wanted to mention Cooper Cup's name. Some other big things, the John Taylor fiasco and how incredible he's been has just continued. The Colts look very, very good right now, even though they're coming off of a big loss last week. I think that these are the games that are so vital and so important, and I'm really glad to see it. Some other things that have happened recently, rest in peace to John Madden, uh, the creator of the EA football game that really got me into football in the first place. Madden, the Madden football franchise for Xbox, originally started at the 360, probably in Madden 11, a Madden 12, and I've worked my way up from there. It is one of the biggest reasons, like I just said, that I got into football, so I really wanted to give a quick rest in peace to one of the biggest legends in football history that just defined what the sport is, how sports media is looked at, everything like that. So rest in peace to somebody who is so incredible in the football community. And then a, not rest in peace, a WTH, what the hell, for Antonio Brown, who actually, as a Jets fan, I was watching the game, watched it like I do every single Jets game, and all of a sudden Antonio Brown is on the sideline with his shirt off, running through the end zone, throwing up peace signs, and I was like, what the hell? And it turns out that this guy's antics are still up in the air. He is still the same crazy Antonio Brown that he always has been. I do want to be sympathetic because I really do think that he probably has some type of mental disability or mental disorder that is making him do these things and act so erratically. And I really do feel bad for the guy. But when you're wasting away things like that, it's just so hard for me to like take a step back and only feel bad when it looks like so much you just left so much out there. It looks like he's not going to be continuing to play for the Buccaneers for the rest of the season because of this weird act to leave at halftime. Paul Avante is perfect. So I really do not know. It's a tough situation where I don't really want to joke about it, yet at the same time, I think that he, a part of him knows what he's doing and is choosing to throw it away for his own crazy sake rather than just focusing, playing football, and getting the ring with Tom Brady, which I think he was on the path to do <laughs> anyways. So now I'm going to get into my episode for the day. Now that I've hit the majority of the main topics, if there's anything else that you guys are thinking, leave them down below. But I feel like that is the main big things that have happened in the NFL over the last two weeks, three weeks, since I've last recounted big highlights and things like that in the NFL. So now we're going to get into the official episode of the day, which is ranking all the playoff teams, breaking them down, all of the intricacies about each of the teams, where I see them finishing, things like that. So I'm going to start it out by saying that I only did seven teams for each conference because that is how many is ultimately making the playoffs. I know that at this point, there is still 10 that technically can in the AFC and eight that technically can in the NFC. But I was like, why is why am I going to break down the teams 8 through 10 if I already don't think that they're going to make it? In a week's time, they probably won't make it, and then it doesn't matter. My prediction is that they don't make the playoffs anyways, and I don't see them beating any of the teams that are in the playoffs. So I'm saying, why go ahead and break them down when if I already predict that they won't, that'll just be part of the prediction. So... The teams that I just do not have on this list, who technically still can get into the playoffs, who I will not be breaking down today, are the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Las Vegas Raiders. So now, as I usually do, I'm just going to get right into it with the AFC. I'm going to start from number one. This is not the seeding that they're ultimately going to be in. This is literally my ranking of how I think that they are as a team, how far I think they will go. I'm literally going to give you guys the numbers, and then for each team, I'm going to give you number one, my realistic position for where they finish, two, their best offensive player that's most talented, what they contribute the most to the game, best defensive player, their X-Factor player, who is the player that if they step up, they're really going to contribute to the win, and if they don't, then it's really going to hurt them and probably give them an L, and then Next one would be a group on their team or a group that they could play that will ultimately be their downfall. If they're going to lose at any point, it will probably be because of this. And then last but not least, the winning storyline. 
depending on how much they win, this will be the storyline that ends up coming out about that team after they win a certain amount of games. So I'm going to get right into it. AFC, number one is the Kansas City Chiefs. My realistic position for them, the Super Bowl. I think that it is 100% fair to assume that Patrick Mahomes, arguably the still the most talented quarterback in the NFL, can lead that Chiefs offense back into the promised land, back to go into the Super Bowl. I'm not going to write winning the Super Bowl because it's not super realistic to have them automatically as the surefire winner, but I definitely think that they are the best team in the AFC. When they're at their peak, they definitely are the hardest to guard because it is so hard to not only keep all of your secondary and your two high safeties down the field to guard the possibility of a long ball to McCole Hardman or Tyreek Hill, but you also need the linebackers on the inside to keep control of Travis Kelsey on the inside of the field, not to mention Demarcus Robinson on the sides, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Darrell Williams are now starting to make a very, very solid duo in the run game. So both in the run game and as passing options out of the backfield, two things that I really, really love in a football team, as you guys know from how I've been talking about it. I definitely think that the Super Bowl is within the Chiefs' realm and it is where they are hoping to go to if they do not reach the super bowl it is definitely they did not reach their expectation the most impressive player and the best player on their offense has to be patrick mahomes the best quarterback that we've seen over the last three years compiled most likely on defense their best player is chris jones their defensive tackle on their on their defensive line a guy that really can wreak havoc i think that what's going to be so pivotal for him is not only being good in pass attack but being good in stopping the run in in the middle forcing so many big bodies i think that that's going to be very very pivotal for them getting the win ultimately is that he does well in both facets of the game the x factor in my opinion are two guys that have looked spectacular this year but have not been in the league for long enough that i am sure that they will put it all together in the playoffs that is creed humphrey and trey smith i think that if they are able to keep this interior offensive line at as good as it has been i think right now the chiefs you can easily argue have a top five offensive line in total in football i think that if they can really stay at top five at their position which both of them have been so far this season i could argue then i think that it is for sure a possibility that they can not only keep throwing the ball downfield but they can run it really easily they can keep it short because mahomes won't be battered with all of this craziness i mean we saw last year in the super bowl the thing that made them most scared and the thing that they ultimately lost on was the pass rush and the crazy non-stop blitz attack of the tampa bay buccaneers so i think that if Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, I know that they work more on run blocking and run protection than pass blocking, but they're two guys that can definitely step up and help the Chiefs get over the woes that they had last year. Uh, A thing that they will that will be the struggle the downfall of their team will be their own secondary i do think that they have a lot of guys that come to play at certain times rashad fenton comes to mind legeria sneed comes to mind guys like that but i think that a very very strong passing attack and a consistent air raid might be very hard for them to keep up with i would love to see patrick mahomes in a shootout because i'd bet on him majority of the time but i definitely think that that will also be where they slip up that patrick mahomes is so efficient on offense gives them the score and then all of a sudden the offense is right back on the field because they're playing against josh allen or another player like that who just continues to attack in the air and they can't do anything about it so that would definitely be their downfall if they were to have any and last but not least the storyline if they do win mahomes is on his way to being the goat so far if he starts his nfl season four years in with two chips or two Super Bowl wins, a Super Bowl loss, a conference make, an, a unanimous MVP, all of that, he would probably be on the path to currently becoming the GOAT, beating Tom Brady as the best football player in history, both for personal accolades and for team accolades. I love Patrick Mahomes so much, you know, that I love to just say how we are admiring such greatness right now with his talent and his ability that we need to just take a step back and realize how lucky we are to witness Patrick Mahomes in his prime going into his not even in his prime technically yet based on where people's primes usually are but he is just so fantastic and i love watching him the number two team in the afc i've got to go to the new england patriots mostly the new england bill belichick's 
Uh, a realistic place where I have them going is the conference championship. I definitely think that it is a possibility that they end up beating the Chiefs or beating another team to go on to the Super Bowl. It is definitely possible. And the imagination of some team going in and beating Bill Belichick in such a pivotal game when he has so much riding on the line does sound crazy, but I just think that their talent all around their roster isn't up to where the other players are. I think it's that the coach brings the players who have mediocre talent into this elite category, and it's just so incredibly hard to stop. The most talented player on their offense, if you just look at talent alone, has to be Shaq Mason, the guard on their offensive line, and their best defensive player is probably J.C. Jackson, their corner who really emerged going from a 10 to 15 type corner guy who's getting a lot of picks but wasn't locked down in coverage to now this year is still getting the same amount of picks and is looking like he's locked down in coverage. Definitely now a three, uh, top three to five cornerback in the NFL. So great. Such an easy guy that you could just put him on an island with their best receiver, lock him up, and you don't need to worry for the rest of the game. I really love J.C. Jackson. An X-Factor player that I think is going to really affect the game is Kyle Duggar, a big guy who has been their leading tackler, who has been the fly-around guy who can get things done on different parts of the field, has been really good at making the hard hit and getting the ball out for forced fumbles and things like that. I think that if Kyle Duggar can continue to improve his game, we saw we've seen it in big times this year that he has stepped up, and if he continues to step up, not only is that going to lead to wins for the Patriots and just a much better position overall, but I think that he could really start asserting his name into the top five, top ten safeties in the NFL for sure very, very quickly. They also re-signed Adrian Phillips. They still have Devin McCourty. The rest of their secondary, just unbelievably good. All of these players that really never seem to have an off day, they're always consistently efficient and consistently good at what they need to do. I'm loving the Patriots secondary, and Kyle Duggar especially is really going to help them either win or lose the game. The thing that would ultimately be their downfall is the inability to open the field deep. I think that that means they are definitely an efficient offense. They are definitely good both in the pass and the run game. I am not worried about that, but I rarely see Mac Jones uncorking 20-yard bombs to people, 20-plus-yard bombs, and even if so, I don't really know who it would go to. Nelson Aguilar has been that in the past, but really does not seem like he's that type of player this season. Jacoby Myers is definitely a shorter field route runner type guy, physical, bigger body receiver. Uh, When I'm really going down the list of Patriots wide receivers, I don't see many that can be that ultimate vertical threat in the end zone. When you really look at their guys, it's yards after the catch type guys, big body, rumble stumble. They utilize two tight end sets, probably more than anybody else in the NFL. Both of their running backs, Damian Harrison and Ramondre Stevenson, seem like they want to get down and dirty with the best of them, which means that they're definitely efficient. But if they are in a situation where they really need to open the field up and get these quick points very fast and often, it might be very difficult for them because they are a monotonous offense. Even though they almost always end in a score of some type, they probably have a top two kicker in the NFL right behind Justin Tucker in Nick Folk. So they could definitely trust him on different parts of the field, even if it gets a little bit long. But for sure, I think if they need to get these quick early often points, it might be a little bit hard with Mac Jones being your quarterback. The headline after they win or if they do win would likely be Bill Belichick pulls off the greatest rebuild in NFL history slash the dynasty was never over. It would lead to an unbelievable array of it was never Tom Brady. Brady is just a system player type arguments, even though we literally just saw Tom Brady win last year. I'm just saying in the chance or in the case that Bill Belichick does go out and win with Mac Jones in his rookie season, coming off of a seven and nine year last year, where it really looked like the end of a 20 year dynasty in football for them to come back the year after they are quote unquote starting to fall apart. It would be miraculous, probably the best turnaround and the best comeback in NFL history, and Bill Belichick will only be solidified even further as the GOAT head coach in NFL history. The number three team in the AFC have got to go to the Buffalo Bills. Just what Josh Allen has, what Josh Allen brings to the football field, this grittiness, this toughness, this chutzpah, as you guys know, this chutzpah is just unbeatable. He's so great in the run game, so great in the pass game. Even though their defense is definitely overrated in my mind, 
they definitely still are a fantastic unit. They really don't have any serious weaknesses in any part of the ball. They definitely don't have any unbelievable elite, elite units, I think, anywhere in the whole team. Their offensive line, very good. Their receivers, very good. Their quarterback, incredibly good. Their quarterback would probably be the only thing where you could say it's just elite, elite. But the rest of them have really, really good players. No one really, really bad. So I really like their team all around. Expected finish, conference championship as well. Best player on offense, Josh Allen, quarterback. Best player on defense, lockdown corner, Tredavious White. He's fantastic. Their secondary and third corners have definitely been stepping up and have been better as of late in Levi Wallace, Teron Johnson, guys like that. But I cannot count on them being that lockdown guy against a really good wide receiver too. So I definitely like Tredavious White, but that is about it in the cornerback facility. A big X factor is a guy who has been up and down and up and down throughout his three to four years in the NFL so far, and that is middle linebacker Tremaine Edmonds. He is a huge body, but it really looks like he is solid in the run game, but is not that good in pass coverage, is not that good overall. I think that just where he was taken in the draft, he really has fallen off from that top 10 projected, really can wreck the entire field, field general type name and if he can get back up to that type of level and command 10 to 15 tackles flying around stopping the run and doing decent in the pass game I think that that will definitely help out his case and definitely help out the Bills altogether because if he can solidify that middle part of the field Tredavious White locks up the cornerback one AJ Epinesa and Gregory Rousseau do a good job of getting the quarterbacks on the outside that will definitely all be a big factor into them actually getting these W's when it really matters most. So I definitely want to show love to Tremaine Edmonds, and I hope that he can really bring it up. The thing that can ultimately be their weakness is a team who can slow it down and feed the running back on them. They definitely have great pass protection. Oh, I also didn't even mention their safeties. Probably the best safety duo in the league in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Really both fantastic in pass coverage, and I'm not that worried about them in pass coverage, to be honest, because they do have that amazing cornerback one. They do have those solid cornerbacks two and three. Best safety tandem in the league. I'm not worried about them in pass protection, but in a monotonous game like the New England Patriots, that's the team that really is shining in this moment, is that if they just continuously feed these big body running backs and they allow them to get six, seven yards per carry and just churn very slowly, Mac Jones keeps the field short and they just get these efficient points very easily, I think it's going to be very hard for the Bills to come out of that. So they cannot be playing a team who slows it down and feeds the running back. They need some team that's crazy, off-balance throws, some crazy unpredictable passes, their safeties really step up, and then Josh Allen gets it done on the other side of the ball. That is what needs to happen for them to go out and get the W. Uh, and then the storyline, if they win, is Josh Allen is a top three quarterback going forward. I think that right now he's definitely fallen out of that conversation and has now gone to four, five, six, seven. But if he ends up winning the Super Bowl, especially, everybody will consensus say he is a top three quarterback he is that guy he's a guy that will be hard to beat for the next five ten years I think that right now if they do get bumped early which is definitely still a possibility looking at their record it's definitely up in the air having lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars other teams like that that Josh Allen is he really worth that ginormous contract a Super Bowl win will clearly and obviously solidify that down and say, hey, I was worth this money. I'm a top three quarterback and I'm going to lead you to heights that the Buffalo Bills have never seen like a Super Bowl win. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts. This one, a predicted place where I see them going is the divisional game. I do not see them getting the conference championship with their current roster, but I still love what they have all around. Uh, their best player on offense, undoubtedly Jonathan Taylor, best running back in the NFL this season. Talks of MVP, talks of Offensive Player of the Year, just an unbelievable player who really put the team on his back, looking like this year's version of Derrick Henry. I don't know if I can definitively say that he is better than Derrick Henry when fully healthy, but he is definitely a guy that I love going forward. Right now, everything, so young, so versatile, amazing at trucking and getting physical and yards after the first contact, but also at just being shifty and elusive and finding the hole so quick and getting through it so fast. I love Jonathan Taylor and what he brings to that offense. 
On defense, definitely the Swiss Army knife of Darius Leonard. Great in pass protection, great in run defense, great in rushing the quarterback. All of that mixed together makes probably the best linebacker in all of football. Love Darius Leonard. Love Frank Reich, especially. I think that their biggest X factor has to be their quarterback, Carson Wentz, who it really seems like is playing very efficient football, definitely getting it done, but not looking like the same MVP that we saw out of Eagles' Carson Wentz. It's a very weird situation because I used to be so high on him, but now I think that people are getting higher on him, and I'm starting to dip a little bit lower because I'm seeing these Carson Wentz-type plays all the time that when all the pieces are lined up, he just can't get it done, and it's making me feel very Kirk Cousins-esque. Not that they should get rid of him because I think that right now they are definitely in a good spot with where he is, definitely in a good spot with where the offense is working all together. They're clicking very high. Another guy that I was thinking for this X factor, which kind of comes along with Carson Wentz, would be Michael Pittman, a guy that we've seen in some weeks looking like a wide receiver one, incredible, and other weeks just not even being a factor whatsoever. So I think that that really stems from Carson Wentz. And if Carson Wentz can look back like his MVP on the way to getting an MVP type self, Back to his, I will take the game over at any given time. This is why you took me at number two overall type self. Then the Colts ceiling is unlimited. They could easily go to the Super Bowl. They could easily win the Super Bowl. But given where Carson Wentz is right now, I think that when they play these teams, especially the Bills, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the three teams higher than them, I really am nervous for them going forward. And I just don't see a way that Jonathan Taylor and that slow style of football is going to be able to keep up with these high-octane offenses who can go to any single direction and open it horizontally and vertically in this pre-snap motion, the sweeps. And Carson Wentz just is not that quarterback anymore who can freely run around the pocket and dart him up 30 yards down the field cross-body. He's just not that anymore, and that is what the NFL has come to. So he is definitely the biggest X-factor on that team. A thing that will be their downfall or could be their downfall is a high-intensity game where they cannot keep up. Like I just said, they definitely slow it down on the offensive side. Their defense is really good in the run game, much worse in pass protection. So if they go up against a the, the teams that easily come to my mind, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, and Chargers, the teams with these young, hungry, and versatile quarterbacks, if they get hot, the Colts are not going to be able to stop them, and that is just a fact. But if they do, the headline, if they do win it, Jonathan Taylor is undoubtedly the number one running back, should be paid, is one of two running backs that can put the team on his back, and will be a top, will be easily the number one pick in fantasy next year, all of that if they do go on to win. If they don't, I still think that it's possible. But I think that people will continue to argue for Derrick Henry. But if they somehow either make it to the Super Bowl or win it, the Jonathan Taylor debate will easily become the winner. Next team, number five, the LA Chargers. My realistic pick for them, yes, even though they are lower on the list, they are a little bit higher because I see their ceiling being a little bit higher than the Colts. Their floor is much lower, which means that the bad is a lot worse than the Colts, but the good is a lot better. And I'm going conference championship is a realistic place for where I would put the LA Chargers. Their best player on offense, undoubtedly Justin Herbert. Also very young, quickly learning the NFL, quickly becoming one of the best athletes altogether that the NFL has seen. Has a rocket of an arm deep, so accurate, great in the midfield, great short. Knows how to get the ball to Austin Eckler in the backfield and can also run. What more do you want in a quarterback? He is just the epitome of a franchise guy at this current point in his career, at this current point, period. And I love what I am seeing out of him. Fantastic that they have him, and I really hope that his highs continue to be as high as they really are. Their best player on defense, Joey Bosa. I definitely could have given this to Derwin James, but those two, I've said it all year, the Chargers defense is definitely two-person front heavy between Joey Bosa and Derwin James. If they're not healthy, there is no way that they're going to win anything in the playoffs, and I think that that is just fact. But if both of them are coming out to play, they can definitely help boost the rest of the defense a guy that i think is third maybe third to fifth you could argue kenneth murray you could argue uchenna nuosu you could argue chris harris different guys around that team but a young guy who i think could really step up in a time like this an x-factor player that they need to do well is asante samuel jr the rookie cornerback who has definitely shown some flashes but if in this playoff 
race. And in this playoffs, he can just look like a lockdown corner one. I think that that will be instrumental to them winning these big games, especially against these pass-happy teams that utilize their one and their two so, so much. If Chris Harris Jr. can do his job and Asante Samuel can lock it down, at least to the best of their abilities, Derwin James running around the field and Joey Bosa getting the quarterback, that is a recipe for success for that defense. I am very excited to see the Chargers play. They are definitely must-see TV. I know that they are technically not 100% locked in yet, and it's really going to come down a lot to this game that is coming up, but we will see. I'm hoping that the Chargers can get it all done ultimately. I think that the biggest thing that could go against them and a reason why they could possibly lose is they're playing a sloppy defensive game. Like I said, very top heavy, but if those top guys are there and the rest of the players don't show up, you're only as good as your weakest link. They definitely need some help in the linebacker category, interior defense. If Asante Samuel doesn't step up, then that could definitely be a downfall for them as well. Safeties, I do like Nazir Adderley, but not enough that he's a certified bona fide playoff starter. But like there's not one unit on that defense that I'm really like looking at. I'm like, Oh my God, they're the one that's going to be bad. There's a lot that could, and there's a lot that couldn't. So they have played these sloppy games before. They've also all got it done together before. And I'm just willing to see which type of chargers defense will show up in these playoffs. And then if ultimately the chargers do go on to get these wins to put it all together, like I'm assuming then I think the storyline will be that Justin Herbert is already a top five quarterback and Brandon Staley has now been put into the elite quarterback or elite coach category within only his first year of coaching. He's done so well with what he's been given. And I really love Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert for this team. Number six, I have the Cincinnati Bengals, the team that is all the hype right now. The two receivers, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, all the hype right now. I see them ultimately going to the divisional game, not to the conference championship, but definitely Joe Burrow can get a W with the team that they currently have rostered. I love these middling teams in the AFC. Colts, Bengals, and Chargers are just so much fun in my opinion. I really want to see them in the playoffs. I'm just really excited to watch them all put it together, hopefully. Their best player on offense is without a doubt Joe Burrow. You've already heard me talk about him, so I'm just going to move on. The best player on defense, if I had to give it to somebody, it would be Trey Hendrickson. Yet I think that their defense has moved so well as a complete unit that I don't know if I can really give it to him. Other people that are in contention for this would be Chidobia Wuzie, Jesse Bates, Logan Wilson, DJ Reader. So many guys along this defense. Uh, Sam Hubbard. Like, I, I, the names keep going. Eli Apple has been doing very well. Von Bell has been very solid. So many different guys all around that defense have been very solid, but there are no superstar names. I don't think any of them made the Pro Bowl. Jesse Bates might have. But ultimately, I have to give it to Trey Hendrickson, who's currently third in the NFL in sacks really good at getting the cornerback and I ultimately really do like this defense I just don't like the fact that they don't have any game breakers they have just a lot of really good guys uh, their thing that could ultimately be their downfall I think it's whether their cornerbacks can keep up this play or not currently they're one and two or currently they're all three of their quarterbacks are Eli Apple, Chidobia Wuzie, Trey Waynes, Mike Hilton, Darius Phillips those five guys I definitely think are capable of putting on a very good playoff performance, but we have not seen it time in and time out with any of them. All five of them are very weird. They're very kooky. I don't know. Trey Waynes, Eli Apple, two guys that have looked had a, that have been looked at as draft busts for as long as I can remember, and this year are finally putting it all together. Chidobi Wuzie, definitely the best of that group. Mike Hilton, a good slot guy, but can he really take over a game completely? And I think that if they come to play, then that could be the highlight of their team. And if they don't come to play, that could completely be their downfall. They play this quick game, and then all they play this quick offense where Joe Burrow is throwing these crazy long passes and all of a sudden they're right back on the field because their defense couldn't hold their offense out. Definitely a big question mark for me there. Uh, the thing that would ultimately make them lose, the thing that would hurt them the most is the slow and 
efficient football teams that they would play. Like I said, if they just slow the game down, they continuously run the clock, they're monotonous with it, Joe Burrow could be on the field just as soon as he steps off because that defense really does come to play some weeks and doesn't some other weeks. I think that it's really, like I said, going to come down to the X-factor cornerbacks, whether they are going to get it done or not. That is going to be their biggest question. If they do ultimately get it done and make it as far as they can, people will start saying Joe Burrow is definitively top five quarterback and that he will be that way for over a decade. I'm so excited to see Joe Burrow's career pan out. I really hope that injuries do not continue to riddle it because obviously we've already seen it in his first season. This season, luckily, he's been healthy, but definitely something that I want to keep an eye on for the rest of time. And then the last team in the AFC, I know that this is weird. You're saying, whoa, the number one seed has not been said yet. Yes, I think that the number one seed is the worst seed in the AFC. I've got to go to the Tennessee Titans. I only have them going to the wild card divisional if they are the one seed. But if they're not the one seed, then I think that they're out at the wild card game. Uh, The best player on their offense currently probably is Ryan Tannehill. Their best, or no, actually, what am I saying? It would be A.J. Brown. I'm not sure why I had written... Ryan Tannehill, it is A.J. Brown, is definitely the best and most talented player on that offense as of right now. The best player on their defense is Kevin Byard, a lockdown safety who has been fantastic at snagging balls out of the air. I think that he he will hopefully continue to do that in the playoffs. If he can't, then that is going to really be a scary sight for them. But he is definitely the most talented player on that defense. The X Factor is a guy that has taken insane amounts of steps up this year and that is Harold Landry the edge rusher for the Titans he is so so good so quick so good at that bend is amazing he's does a very solid job at stuffing the run but ultimately getting the quarterback is where he shines and I think that if they can have him playing at this pro bowl type level throughout the playoffs then that is definitely going to add a whole new element to their defense it's really up to whether he can continue that type of game though I know that he's very young and I don't see a reason why why he should 100% fall off, but it's definitely a question mark. It's definitely something that we have never seen in a playoff scenario where he's been the one that goes off, and now they are putting a lot on his shoulders. So I'm hoping Harold Landry can take that big jump again and be a top five edge rusher in the entire playoffs. The thing that will ultimately slow them down is a high-octane offense that puts up points quickly. I think that so much of what's worked in the past is obviously the Derrick Henry run, 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 play action right over your head. That's what works so much. Now they're trying to find kind of a new way. I definitely think that Deonta Foreman and and Hillard are two guys that they're trying to run a similar way to Derrick Henry, where they just establish the run and then utilize the play action. But it definitely still is a slow, monotonous offense, not this crazy plays all over your feet field backfield movement whatever it's a very slow gridded out type game so if they play against one of these crazy fun backyard offenses it might be very hard for them to put up points just as fast with with Ryan Tannehill being your quarterback if they do ultimately go on to win as they get deeper what is such a crazy storyline about these Tennessee Titans is that Derrick Henry might come back And I think that if they do win anything, it will be under the hands of Derrick Henry. It will be under the fact that he came back and did so well. So I don't really see a possible way for them to win anything without Derrick Henry. I just don't see their defense being good enough to keep up with these other offenses in the AFC. I don't see their offense having enough firepower to beat some of these crazy defenses. It's just not enough for me. The only way that I see them doing it is if Derrick Henry comes back and has a very Derrick Henry-esque game where you get something like 20, 25 carries, receptions out of the backfield. But not only do I not see that as probable, but I think coming off the injury, they might even ease him in and have it like be a split backfield with Deonta Foreman and him and work them both together, which will completely take away the stacking the box that they want to achieve. So I'm really not confident in the Titans for that reason and all the other reasons that I just said. Next, we are going to move on to the NFC. And I'm going to get right into it at my number one spot for the NFC. I have the same team that I have picking as my Super Bowl team. Still sticking to it, regardless of what I've seen out of other teams in the NFC. I have got to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Regardless of how crazy Antonio Brown has been. Regardless of the Chris Godwin injury and the fact that he's going to be out for the remainder of the playoffs. All of that aside... It is Thomas motherfucking Brady, and I will never bet against him any longer. 
just coming from a Jets fan. This is exactly what I've been preaching. I've been saying, can can I, Tom Brady, no matter what the circumstances are, I can really see an, a possibility where Mike Evans gets these 8 to 10 receptions per game. Scotty Miller becomes this midfield Swiss Army Knife type guy. Tyler Johnson hauls in a bunch. Cyrus Gray, a guy that's been getting a lot of receptions with the absences of other receivers on that team. Just different guys like that. I could see them really opening up the pass game to the tight ends, as they have been doing. But they just always find a way to get the next man up. Tom Brady is the best in NFL history at doing that. So I really still feel confident with them being at my Super Bowl spot. Best player on offense, Tom Brady has to be. Best player on defense, this one actually took a while for me to really hammer down. I think some big names that I could have said is Devin White, Shaq Barrett, or Antoine Winfield, but I actually went with the guy that has the most NFL experience, that when it really comes down to it, can really manage the entire defense, is so important and so pivotal to them doing good, and that is Levante David, the middle linebacker, brings so much playoff experience, played so well in the playoffs last year, and I expect him to do the exact same thing. The X-Factor player, like I said, I think that this is less on the player and more on Tom Brady, if he's able to open up the pass game to these players, but it would be those guys that I just named. Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Cyrus Gray. If they can really jump up and become at least productive enough and have Mike Evans be this number one receiver and they just have a mishmash of who is the three to five to six type level. And if they all come to play at a solid, decent enough level, I definitely think that they're good enough to go on to continue to win the Super Bowl. If they don't really show up, then that will clearly be the thing that hurts them their lack of healthy receivers I know that they still have Gronk they still have Mike Evans but missing two guys in Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown two of arguably the top 15 most talented wide receivers in the NFL when fully healthy it's going to be very hard for them to bounce back with that just also with the chemistry alone of that's usually the lineup that they want to roll out and they're not going to be able to do that in the biggest stage headline if they do will go on to win the Super Bowl is why are we surprised? Brady would solidify his GOAT status even more. Adding on his eighth championship ring would just be monstrous. Just really solidifying himself as the best quarterback accolades-wise to ever touch the football field. And it would just be a, well, I guess everybody, the parody of the NFL really does not exist. And there goes Tom Brady again, which I, I'm predicting. So you guys know I'm a big fan of parody. But if that were to happen, everybody would be like, ah, oh, parody aside, Brady's just do it, doing it again. The next team, the team that I think a lot of people are starting to have as their Super Bowl pick, the team that I actually have in my expectations as a Super Bowl team, I'm just going to put that out there because I know that I have right now three teams that I feel are Super quality they can go on to win the Super Bowl and that is the Buccaneers the Chiefs and the Packers the Green Bay Packers are the second team that I have in the NFC I have them realistically reaching the Super Bowl even though they are not my pick to win the Super Bowl or even to make the Super Bowl that is realistically where they can and should go that is what the team's hopes are and I think that with Aaron Rodgers being on the way out this offseason going off on a final crown heroic moment he does this for the city of green bay i think that that would be so monstrous for his career for his legacy in the nfl for everything to make me think that even though he has reached the conference championship and never really got over the hump in the past he will do that this year i again it's not my prediction but if there's ever a year for it to happen this is by far that year last year we saw that exact same uh Conference championship matchup, Packers versus Buccaneers play out, and we ultimately saw Buccaneers come out on top. I think that the biggest thing with the Packers, the ex, the thing that could possibly hurt them, is that there's an early hole that's too big to climb out of. They all, A lot of times, they're down and they just ask Aaron Rodgers, hey, on a final drive, put it all together. But I think that if they go into the half and they play one of these Sling it around football teams. And a good example for this, I think if Kyler Murray were to come out, the Arizona Cardinals, and really put on a show in the first half and really catch the Cardinals off guard and go into half with a 14 to 17 point lead, I think that that defense is good enough to suppress Aaron Rodgers for three plus drives. I think that if you were to give him a one on one, Aaron, go in two minutes left, go win it for us. That's definitely possible. But if it were to be one of these fun athletic teams that really comes out to an offensive masterpiece, masterclass in the first half and puts up an unreal amount of points, I think it's going to be very hard for them to come back from that.
Best player on their offense has to be Aaron Rodgers. Best player on defense, probably the number two cornerback in all of NFL, Jair Alexander, coming back from an injury, looking just like his old self. Lockdown as ever. So easy to just put him on the number one receiver on the opposing team. Let him go. I know he won't put up those monstrous interception numbers, but quarterbacks will not throw his way, and that is a fact. So I have to put Jair up there. The biggest X factor is a guy who had an unreal breakout season this year, and I just want to see it continue when it comes playoff time, and that is Devondre Campbell, a guy that has been a tackle monster, that has been flying all over the field in opponents' backfields, has been solid in pass coverage. Everything about him this season is screaming pro bowler, and I really hope he continues that same reign and plays that similar style throughout the playoffs and doesn't fall back to what we knew him as, which is just an average role middle linebacker. I already said the possibility of a big hole is probably their biggest weakness, and then if they were to end up winning the Super Bowl, the headline, as you guys know, would be Aaron Rodgers completes his final dance with the Packers, rides into the sunset, he goes into free agency with all the leverage, every single team probably clamoring at the door for him to join their team. I think that he honestly will leave. It's definitely a better chance that he stays if they do win, but I think ultimately what's done is done, what's been said is said. The drafting of Jordan Love is already happened, and this is his chance to join a new team and create a new part of his legacy. So I think that he's going to take it regardless of whether they lose in the first round, lose in the Super Bowl, win in the Super Bowl, lose in the conference championship. Who knows? I do think that Aaron Rodgers will probably be out there, but this drive to do it with the Packers before he dips is going to be something that is lingering in the air the entire time. The third team in the a- NFC. A really great one, one that I feel should be in the Super Bowl conversation if those top three teams did not exist. A team that has had very low lows, but I think will be able to bounce back so hard when it comes playoff time, and that is the LA Rams. My prediction for them is conference championship. That's a realistic place that they can go. I just think that their big pieces, both on offense and defense, not to mention their head coach, Sean McVay, a guy that I think is top three coach in the NFL, undoubtedly, just with how smart he is, how he's able to utilize pre-snap motion, all this movement, things like that. On offense, you've got Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. On defense, you've got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I know that I'm usually more of a fan of a more well-rounded team with no super superstars, but everybody is really good. But when you have a team like that, where Cooper Cup opens it up so, so much, opens the field so much because they need to crowd the box, and that allows Matthew Stafford to aim at their outside receivers, like OBJ, and I know Robert Woods will be out, but Van Jefferson is a fantastic deep threat. I'm really excited to watch him go in the playoffs. I think that he's going to have one to two amazing long bombs that really help the Rams' chances, regardless of whether they win far or not. But I definitely think that Cooper Cup and his ability in the slot, his fantastic route running, his fantastic hands, his underrated speed, things like that will really be beneficial to the LA Rams. And then on defense, you've heard me say it before, Aaron Donald is the biggest game wrecker when it comes to the defensive line, and Jalen Ramsey is the biggest game wrecker when it comes to the secondary. If you have both of those guys on the field at the same time, Oh golly, it is giving your quarterbacks nightmares. You are not able to throw to one whole half of the field and three of your offensive linemen need a triple team this super small guy who will likely still get to the quarterback. We've seen Aaron Donald when it comes down to Super Bowl time. This is when it all matters, or not Super Bowl, but playoffs in general. This is when it all matters. He goes even more ferocious and it just makes you have to triple team, quadruple team him, which allows for other guys like Leonard Floyd, Uh, How could I forget this name? Von Miller, a guy who we've seen play unreal in the playoffs time and time again. He's now on the LA Rams. I think that he's going to make a very important contribution. Sebastian Joseph Day, nose tackle up the middle. He's going to make a very big contribution. All of these guys all over the field, I really think, are going to explode when it comes playoff time. Uh, The X factor that I have is a guy that we've seen at his peak be a top five receiver in the NFL, a guy that has definitely fallen off from that point, but we've seen since he's been traded from the Cleveland Browns to the LA Rams, Odell Beckham Jr. has been elite. There is no way around that. You cannot say that he's just feeding well with everything else. He has been elite, getting a touchdown, I think, in every single game that he's played, maybe minus one or two, but 
ultimately fantastic touchdown numbers, fantastic reception numbers, fantastic yardage, and really, really good compliment to Matthew Stafford and the Sean McVay offense. A go-up-and-get-it guy, a fantastic route runner, super fast, great hands, has moxie, but isn't using it in the wrong way like he used to. He has the passion for the game that guys like Jalen Ramsey have versus what he used to do when he's hitting nets and throwing things and screaming. I think that he just has passion that's more controlled, which is going to be utilized so much better when it comes to playoff time for the LA Rams. The only way that they lose, in my opinion, this is genuinely how I feel, is that they're outplayed by a legend. If they go up against a guy like Aaron Rodgers, they go up against a guy like Tom Brady, those two guys know how to dink and dunk and cut them up. If they play against the Chiefs, they know how to cut them up. I think a really underrated and super fun Super Bowl that we could even see is the Buffalo Bills versus the LA Rams, and I think Josh Allen would have the ability to cut them up, just because it's a really, really great quarterback who can will the team, and I really see that as the only way that the Rams go down. If not, I think that they can slow the game down, they could keep the pass short, if they want to open it up long, they can, they're great in the pass rush, great in defensive line, great in the secondary. I just cannot give enough praise to the LA Rams. It's going to just come down to Matthew Stafford. That's really the biggest question. Can he do it? Can he get it done? Next team, number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Honestly, funny enough, it's actually been in the exact same order that the seating is in right now. The Cowboys, I do feel very, very confident about. Like I said, fourth, I feel more confident about the top three. But I think with that offense, combined with the super young superstars on that defense, I see them going at least one win. Right now, I have them going to the divisional game, making it out the wild card, and likely losing in the second round just because another team might be really, really stacked. And that's just a fair place that I see them. But that offense, the firepower in the passing game, the receivers, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and in my opinion, the best player on that offense, CeeDee Lamb, is going to eat. Zeke is going to feast as he does. Get that bowl and spoon ready because I think that he is going to go absolutely berserk. People are starting to say that Tony Pollard, the backup running back, is more is better than him. I really don't agree. I do think that he's younger and has a little bit more pop, but they're just different running backs. One is a more trucking, sturdy back, and the other one is more elusive and speedy. They just do different things, and I think that when it comes down to it, especially if they go into like a cold game, ooh, I would love to see Zeke in the snow. That would be different. On defense, the two guys that everybody knows, they've been all the talk this season. Cornerback Trayvon Diggs, a guy that has had a multitude of interceptions, but I really want to give props to the guy that I could consider as Defensive Player of the Year. I can consider as a future Hall of Famer already just coming out of his rookie season. A guy that I just feel so incredible about going forward for the rest of his career, Micah Parsons, the most versatile player in the NFL, a guy that knows how to cover, that knows how to tackle, that knows how to get to the quarterback, all three at an elite level, all three top five to eight level in the entire league. I think that he is going to be so important at not only creating pressure for himself, but creating pressure for other guys around him. And that's where I introduce my X factors for the Cowboys. And that is Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, two other pass rushers who have been very, very productive. But I think that they have their ups and they have their downs. Both are definitely a lot older, but then again, definitely both come with experience. So I would love to see both come out and really shine in, a, in games that really matter. If, bo- if all three of them come out swinging and can have something like two QB hurries or a ton of pressures or three combined sacks between the three of them, maybe four, maybe five, if they can do that, then I see them winning, ultimately. If they can really send that pass rush and make sure that they are the quarterbacks are getting screamed at, Trayvon Diggs will get his interceptions. They will convert on third downs and fourth downs, and I'm really excited to see that Cowboys defense. Uh, the only thing that I really see being a big problem for them is if they play against a lockdown secondary. Luckily enough, I don't see that being so much of a problem in the NFC. A team that really I'm, I would be so nervous about would be the New England Patriots, and Bill Belichick, who knows how to scheme up a great pass defense, is always something that a team that is so pass first would be scared of. But when it comes to the best secondaries in the NFC, I would probably say, honestly, maybe the Packers, maybe the Rams. I guess Darius Williams could be a good two. But when you have three three amazing receivers, a very decent tight end, and two very good 
running backs, I'd say that you need two lockdown corners, and none of the other teams in the NFC that I'm really looking at right now have a have two elite corners. They usually either have one or two that are just decent. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but if I do see them losing, it would be to a team that has a lockdown secondary. Number five, a team that came in a blazing and now is no longer a blazing, but still is doing very solid. I have the Arizona Cardinals. A likely spot that I have them going is the divisional game. That's right. I have them at most winning one game. I don't see them winning more than that. Just be, And I have all season been so, so high on them. But now that it's coming down to the nitty gritty, it is time when the players with the veteran experience, with this playoff experience, can really come to play. And I think that if J.J. Watt was here and still healthy, it would be a whole different landscape and a different playing field. If he were to come out with the intensity that he has brought throughout his entire career, that would really bring a huge new factor to the game. By far the best player on their offense has to be Kyler Murray, but he has zero playoff experience. They have not made the playoffs yet. They just barely missed it last year. And now they're coming in with these high expectations. DeAndre Hopkins is out. AJ Green is looking okay, but still definitely older and slower, and has definitely lost a touch. Uh, Christian Kirk is good, but in very spurty moments. He has two quarters where he's basically not even used, and then two quarters where he's getting seven, eight receptions. It's just very kafluki all over the place. I'm not really sure what to make of the Cardinals. They have the talent that they can go out there and beat one of those first four teams, but I think that they also have the inexperience that they can go out and lose against a team like the Niners, the Eagles, the Saints, another team that would be thrown in there. Who knows? The best player on their defense has to be Chandler Jones, pass rusher who has been probably the most underrated pass rusher of the entire decade, doing unbelievably on the Cardinals. I think he continues to feast. A big X factor for them is a guy that can either be a middling, solid corner or can turn into this elite X factor, unreal guy, and that is Byron Murphy the cornerback one for the Arizona Cardinals, I think that their biggest problem could be their secondary and a team that torches them deep. So I think that a Byron Murphy can really step up his game. I think that their cornerback two is already fucked. Like, I, I, I hate to use that word, but I really don't see anybody that can step up and be fantastic in a playoff scenario, especially against these other quarterbacks that I've been talking about. That's definitely going to be a weak spot, but if Byron Murphy can be that X-Factor elite type player, then it'll really, really help them out. I think that the only way that they really lose is if they go against a team who contains Kyler as a runner and forces him to pass. I know that he's definitely been effective as a passer, but I think that their offense clicks the most when they can do all three, run the ball to running backs, Kyler throws the ball, and Kyler runs the ball. That is always a triple-headed monster that throws the defense off their game so much. So if they have a fast linebacker who's able to just contain uh, Kyler Murray and not allow him to go off for these insane, um, not only length of the runs, but just the amount of runs per game. If they could just change the game plan so that it's a pass first game, they score some easy points. And then Kyler really doesn't need to slash have to slash want to run for the rest of the game. That is how you throw the Cardinals off of their game for sure. And then if they end up going on to win, the headline would have to be Kyler Murray, top five quarterback, and would have won MVP if not for his injury. The only way that I see the Cardinals winning anything that significant would be because Kyler just went the fuck off and turned up and put the team on his back and is that guy that we had assumed he would be up until week 8, 9, 10. So I'm really excited to see what he's able to do. I'm hoping that he gets the W, but... As of right now, the other four teams above him really do give me a much better case. Number six, the San Francisco 49ers, a team that I loved going into this season. The 49ers, I personally feel, have one of the most complete rosters in the entire NFL. They have top-tier running game, top-tier receivers, top-tier tight end, top-tier O-line, top-tier defensive line, top-tier linebackers, an all right secondary, and then the big question just comes down to the quarterback. It really depends on how long Trey Lance has to play. If it's Trey Lance the entire time, I would love to see some superhero story where Trey Lance ends up doing fantastic, continues to start for all the playoffs and gets them some wins. That would be unbelievable. Not only for him, I'm a big Trey Lance guy. I would love to see some guy just 
come out of nowhere like that. I love what's currently happening with the young quarterbacks getting good so fast, so quick. And I think that the Kyle Shanahan system is a great place where quarterbacks like Trey Lance can thrive. So I'm really excited for when he plays. But it's another situation of guy with no veteran experience going up against these all-time quarterbacks or these all-time defenders or these all-time guys who have been in this scenario time and time again and they just don't know what to do if they're there. I think that the biggest, and then if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, say on the other side, we have seen him play in a lot of playoff games, but we've seen him fall short in playoff games as well. I think that that's the biggest reason why they took Trey Lance is so that in a moment like this, they could have a guy that propels them to the win instead of just keeps them steady like a Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr type middling guy. They want that guy who can push them over the edge and really put it all on the line when it needs to be. The place where I ultimately see them going is probably the divisional game. I see them making it at least out of the wild card, hopefully with Jimmy Garoppolo starting. But again, who knows? The best player on their offense, talent-wise, this one was really, really, really hard. I think that it was almost a three-way tie between Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Trent Williams. But when really looking at where they are compared to the rest of the players at their position, I have to go with Trent Williams. By far and away, the best tackle in all of football has been the entire season. Best player on their defense, edge rusher Nick Bosa. Still so young, still such great bend, speed, ability, wrecking ability, and ferociousness that you need out of an edge rusher. I really love him going forward. I think that a big X factor, I know that this one might be under the radar because running back is such a replaceable position. But what we've seen in the past with the 49ers, the way that they beat Aaron Rodgers two years to go, two years ago to make the Super Bowl was Raheem Mostert's unreal game. And even though he's not as quick and fast, Elijah Mitchell has a lot of the similar traits that Raheem Mostert had in that type of game. And if Elijah Mitchell can blow up for an 150 to 200 yard rushing game, that is a solidified lock in any game that they play. I really love Elijah Mitchell going forward. I think that their movement zone blocking guards is are so great for opening up big holes that Elijah Mitchell can run through. And I think that I we will see him emerge into such a bigger role, not only in the playoffs, but for the next years going forward, starting from this playoffs. I really love Elijah Mitchell, and I think that he's a big X factor. I think that the biggest thing that could be their factor to them losing, other than obviously the quarterback and the misplay of Jimmy Garoppolo and or Trey Lance, would be their secondary or the penalties that they get from the secondary I know that their players are really, really handsy in that second unit. Jason Verrett isn't in. Uh, I, I think he's injured, I'm pretty sure. But even so, so many holes in that safety and cornerback group. So I think that that would probably be the biggest thing that low that lowers them and hurts their odds of going far in the playoffs. And then if they do end up winning anything, though, the headline would likely be Kyle Shanahan finally puts it all together. Who do we really go with that quarterback? Because I assume that if they put it all together, I mean, I know that I would love to see this, but if I'm being realistic with myself, I don't see Trey Lance being the guy that ends up propelling them to all the playoff wins and going to the Super Bowl. I see that being Jimmy Garoppolo and then losing at some point along the way. So I think that that would definitely start a quarterback conversation. Do we trade Garoppolo? Do we keep him? And do we trade Lance? Do we scrap both and go for Aaron Rodgers? Like, I don't know. It's all just crazy ideas. But I think that that would probably be the headlines if they were to win anything. And then the last team that I have in the NFC, a wild card, a wild, wild story for the wild card. And I have that being the Philadelphia Eagles. I have them only going to the wild card game, and that's just because of holes along their roster. If I'm being honest with myself, I would probably rather have Jalen Hurts than both Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance at this current point in their careers. But it's by not a big enough margin that when you look at every other position on the field, receiver, 49ers better, running back, 49ers better, tight end, 49ers better, O-line, 49ers better majority of the time. That one is definitely up in the air. The only thing that you could really argue is probably defensive tackle, and that's just because they traded DeForest Buckner, and I think Javon Hargrave is having a really, really great season. Oh, and also cornerback one that you definitely need to give to Darius Slay. But the rest of the field, 
so many weird inconsistencies around the field. I think linebacker is going to very much be a problem for them. As much as Jalen Hurts has been good recently, their receiving game is going to hurt them. Their running game is going to hurt them. You guys know I'm not high on Miles Sanders as a pure rusher whatsoever. I think that he gets a lot of touches, but isn't that productive with the touches that he ends up getting. Overall, I just don't feel that comfortable with them winning. I love to see them there. I actually have talked to you guys about that bet that I made. I paid out my $100, and I do feel bad about it. But now that they are in the playoffs, I would love to see them go on a run. It's just when I look at all these other teams in the NFC, they just seem so much more complete. A more experienced head coach, a more experienced roster, and all of it together, I just don't see them winning anything in the playoffs. And that is all that I have for you guys today with the Sauce Lab podcast. It has been a very, very long episode, probably the longest one that I can remember in a while, but I really wanted to break down all of these playoff teams, especially with the playoffs so close around the corner, with it being the last week. This week is going to be amazing and shitty in some ways and not in the games that really put the playoffs on the line. That's going to be so fantastic to watch. And then in the games that don't matter where they're sitting good players against other bad teams that really are only playing for draft picks at this point. It's not going to be a fun week. So I'm just looking forward to the playoffs, looking forward to when the NFL heats up to its hottest. It's a burning stake, and if you touch it, you are going to the infirmary. I swear. I love the NFL playoffs. I love playoff season. Love you guys. Love sitting down and talking. Have a fantastic week. See you guys at the playoffs with, I I think I'm going to hopefully do a playoff predictions on game by game basis. I want to do more looking back at the whole NFL season, top 10 at every position, tons of different stuff coming your way very soon. Sauce Lab podcast. I love you guys. Have a good week. Peace.